0: You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Ammonite. It was a sea lizard, six feet long. Days it took to dig it out, clean it. I was only 11 years old. It's in the British Museum. That one was special.
1: I've often heard your reputation discussed in the Geographical Society in London.
0: Is there something you wanted, sir?
1: My wife, she hasn't been at all well of late. She suffers from melancholia. I want her to walk the shoreline with you, learn from you. I'm not looking for an apprentice. I would pay a premium for a private audience.
2: Not easy work.
0: I don't like the water. What is it? Cheap tourist fodder.
1: Beautiful. It pleases me you struck up a friendship together.
2: What is it? Something, nothing. I
1: don't want to go back to the life I had
0: before you. What about my life? All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for Ammonite, and the story is as follows. 1840s England acclaimed but overlooked fossil hunter Mary Anning and a young woman sent to convalesce by the sea develop an intense relationship, altering both of their lives forever. The film starring Kate Winslet, Saoirse Ronan, Gemma Jones, James McArdle, Alec Sekarano, and Fiona Shaw. It is written and directed by Francis Lee. Here to join me for this podcast review, I have Nicole Ackman.
1: Hi, everyone.
0: Sarah Clements.
1: Hello.
0: And Dan Baer. Sadness by the sea. <laughs> Portrait of a lady in the water. He's
3: sketching by the sea.
0: <laughs> All right. So, Ammonite. This movie premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival. It was supposed to play at Cannes earlier this year. COVID, 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 COVID. The story of 2020. Pushing this movie off angering Francis Lee to no end who desperately wants people to see this in a theater and not inst- not on streaming, <laughs> which I find to be quite amusing because other than the star power of Kate Winslet and Saoirse Ronan, I don't necessarily know what makes this a must-see big screen movie event necessarily, but... We're gonna get into the reasons as to why with this review here today so this is one of uh the big Oscar contenders of this year from neon or <laughs> spoiler it was uh <laughs> So Oh, God. <laughs> I got to stop with the shade. Let's get into it here. Let's talk about Ammonite. Uh, I'm going to pass it over first to Sarah. Sarah, what do you think of this movie?
3: I feel like I liked it more than most people, but I'm also going to be one of those that's like, I felt like something was missing, but like I could not put my finger on it, Um, which is such a lame answer, but it's true.
0: Like it's missing like a spark, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um. But, you know, I really liked um, how we got to learn about this, you know, sort of important person in English um, history. And, um, like, I think a lot of people thought it was just going to be about a romance. But I didn't mind that we learned about Mary Aining because she's not someone that's been explored on film before. Um, And I liked how he, Francis Lee really takes sort of the coiled shape of Ammonite, like, seriously and really you know, represents it in their relationship about, you know, it starts out really, um, you know, it has a a small center, so it starts out really like, um, I guess you, a lot of people are going to use the word cold a lot of times referring to this movie, but it starts Mm -hmm. out really cold at first, and then gets wider and wider into, you know, everything gets more um, bright as the romance blossoms, and I really liked that, so... Those are my initial thoughts.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely think that there is an aspect to having like that hardened shell, if you will, that uh, shell on the sea, that cold water, if you will, and mm-hmm. it opening up, like you said. And I, I I definitely feel that. I think that's exactly what Francis Lee was going for. Uh, Dan, you saw this movie at TIFF. You wrote a review out of the festival. Uh, was that
2: your impression as well? Uh, yeah, it was. And although... A funny thing happened um, between Tiff and now where I. This movie sort of refused to leave my brain um, in the month and a half or so since Tiff, and I was really um, not exactly like chomping at the bit to watch it again, but I was really interested. To watch it again, because a lot of times when that happens, you know, when a movie just like it, I can't stop thinking about it. That means that there's something there
3: mm-hmm.
2: that I just, you know, like didn't get the first time through. Uh, but so I, I did manage to watch it again. And... um And unfortunately, that's not really the case. Oh, geez. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was very much the same movie that I saw the first time through, which is like, it's good. It's very, very well made. Um, Costume, cinematography, production design, the performances are fantastic. But... It just for me it it never fully comes alive in the way that this romance was supposed to have done or supposedly did for these two characters um i i'm actually i went back and read the review i i did from tiff and i'm like this you know this is a really good review
0: oh dan i thought it was one of the best ones you had ever written actually if I must
2: say so myself, like no because it and, like, I don't mean to, you know, like, I'm such a good writer, but, like, I <laughs> I, I mean, I, I am, but, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> I, but I was really specifically proud of this one because I do feel like I really managed to, like, hone in on what exactly it is about the movie that didn't work for me. And it's that, you know, like, this is supposedly, you know, this life-changing romance for, you know, these two Women who can't be open with anyone, in part because they have these feelings that they're not allowed to express. And the film never really opens up the way the characters supposedly do. And that it it, it was so frustrating to watch it a second time because it was like, no, no, don't, don't do that. Like, you're supposed to be better than this. (laughs) Um, I, I worry that also some of it is just like, Francis Lee basically doing the trying to repeat what he did with God's Own Country is which in this like kind of muted tone, but like using the landscape to mirror the inner lives of the characters. And if that is a trick that it's possible to pull off more than once, um, I, I don't think he managed to do that here. It just felt like a carbon copy of a carbon copy of other better movies,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: most notably God's Own Country and sorry, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which like you cannot go into a cage match with Portrait of a Lady on Fire and expect to come out on top in any way. I'm I'm sorry. I I
0: mentioned that when we uh, saw it together at Dan. I I, I remember saying out loud the biggest hurdle that this movie has to face is that Portrait of a Lady on Fire exists and it doesn't exist from 10 years ago. It exists literally from less than a year ago. And that is a very unfortunate for this movie because I often ask myself, what if it was flipped? What if this came out first and Portrait of a Lady on Fire came out after it? And I wonder if that would have changed
2: uh, the perception of the movie in many ways. I think it would have benefited this movie to have come out first. I even think Francis Lee started developing this before they started developing Portrait, which is like crazy because the similarities are like
0: scary. Yeah, totally. All right, Nicole, what did you think of Ammonite?
1: So I will start by saying I wanted to love this film so badly. um, And I was fully ready that I was like, you know what? I'm not even afraid. If I do love it, I'm gonna be open and honest about that and not try and give in to everyone else not loving it So I think I went in like as as high on it as anyone possibly could. And it just, it starts out and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm really digging this. I really like the sound work in it.
0: Oh my God, yes.
1: (laughs) That is the thing that makes me wish I'd seen it in a proper movie theater and not off of my (laughs) laptop speakers. Because the sound work in it is so exquisite, especially, you know, with all the water and also all the writing and drawing and the sounds of like pencil to paper. paper. Mm -hmm. oh it's so good
2: i literally i think i I turned to matt within the first five minutes and i was like uh sound mixing and editing nominee it reminded me honestly (laughs) like when with those
0: waves like crashing on the shore i was like reminded of uh listening to You know, the sounds of Roma, actually, and how intricate that sound work was in that movie. And I, I, to be honest with you, I couldn't believe how good the sound work was in this. Honestly, I was I was shocked by that.
1: Like the sound work, honestly, may make my personal ballot. But the thing is, there's so much good in this film. I think Sarah Sharonin is incredible. I think Kate Winslet is very good. The sound work is amazing. I'm obsessed with these costumes. But like Sarah said, there's just something where it doesn't quite come together. I think it's all the screenplay, honestly, for me. Um, there were so many themes that got touched on that I wanted them to go deeper with, like, especially the stuff about how, you know, uh, one of the characters is mourning the loss of a child. and She gets diagnosed with like mild melancholia. And the fact that, you know, women at the time who were dealing with emotional things were basically told like, Oh, just like go to the ocean and you'll feel better. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Like, That's a huge theme and I wish that they'd properly gotten into that. I wish that they'd properly gotten into, um, you know, sort of the bare grasp on living that Mary and her mother have and how close they are to absolute poverty and how, you know, that is what life was for single, unmarried women in the time, if they were not born into money. And I, there was so much that I wanted them to get deeper with, to the point that I almost, and like, this is going to sound bad, but whenever it got into the romance bits, I was like, this isn't working. Can we cut this? Like, <laughs> I think the actual romance part of the film is what works least for it. And it felt like it made the characters less interesting in many ways instead of more interesting. Uh, which is really unfortunate. And like, it's the third lesbian period drama I've watched this year that came out this year. Uh, and I think it's my least favorite of the three.
0: Wow. I have to admit that like, I, cause I was thinking about this a lot uh, to Dan's point earlier, like, why didn't this movie work for me? Because um, much like everyone here, I went into this with such an open mind and such enthusiasm. I mean, when you have Francis Lee, God's Own Country is phenomenal. And you have Kate Winslet and Sir Ronan together. I just was like, yes, 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 let's go. And I think that the biggest hurdle that this movie had for me was two things. One is that the pacing is dreadfully slow. And usually there's a lot of other elements that can play into that and make it work. And you know, I'm I'm not one for just bashing every movie that is a little slow. I'm 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 patient when, you know, there is a nice gradual development in the relationship between the characters, new reveals, and this movie for me, I felt like was so withdrawn and so cagey in really its emotions and I get that that's exactly like what The character of Mary is going through and I understand that if the film wants to match that a little bit But then I thought about something you know like like with portrait where it too had a bit of a slow pace to it But what did portrait have that this movie didn't it had vibrancy in its cinematography it had burning passion that you could feel in the glances and in the uh, internal work that the actors were doing with their performances here. For some reason, that subconscious feeling did not transmit over to me. And thus, to your point, Nicole, when we actually did get into the scorching hot, passionate romance uh, part of this movie, I didn't buy it as much and I wish I could have because it's all there. Like the ingredients for why they would fall for each other in terms of their shared experiences, in terms of the isolation and the two of them just being together and spending uh, all this time with one another. It's all there. But there was something subconsciously I think that did not translate from what Francis Lee was doing over to the viewer.
3: Do you think if – like I – I really loved the romance. It really worked for me, Mm -hmm. which I feel like I'm in the minority. But do you think that, like, because I've been reading a lot about Mary Mary and Charlotte, and I'm wondering if their romance was actually real or if Francis just, like, made it up. And do you think it would have been more effective if it had been real and there was, like, letters we could go by or, like, stuff like that?
0: mean like add a little bit more um yeah to yeah mm, that's interesting yeah i I, I heard
2: that francis did kind of make it up like it's very much speculative fiction Mm
0: -hmm. but i don't know if that would you know influence like my feelings towards it at the end of the day i'm not necessarily judging what happened in real life i'm judging what's taking place on screen itself
1: yeah well my issue with it and it, from from you know a historian perspective um and the thing that i actually think could have made the romance work better is that by the time that they met charlotte was already a geologist she was also interested and she traveled widely with her husband and actually had suffered from malaria and that's why she had bad health for her whole life um and i think that had we gotten to see these two women connect like first on an intellectual level and then on a deeper level, Mm. to me, it would have come off a lot better. Um, I would have loved to kind of get that because I think that one of the interesting things that's kind of hinted at is the difference between Mary, who is this scientist who is, you know, on the ground, on the coast, um, working for a living, trying to get by, versus, which we see with Charlotte's husband, the scientists who are in London, who are attending the lectures and going to the museums and seeing the fossils and talking about them. And I think that that's a really interesting sort of um, juxtaposition there, uh, particularly something that like I think could have been played out a lot more is the fact that Mary is this brilliant scientist, but she's also scraping by a living on her craft, if you will. And I think that had we gotten to see Charlotte as a geologist in her own right, as she was, that would have given them a way to sort of, um, bond over that and play out some of that class difference, which I think is also hinted at, but not fully explored. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think that, to me, it's one of those times where I think the history behind the story is significantly more fascinating than what we get on screen. And it's not that I'm a total stickler for historical accuracy always, but I do think it's a shame whenever you take a historical subject and make it less interesting.
0: Yeah, once again, I, I think this is all you know ingredients that could have made for a different kind of movie, but just judging what exactly is on screen and what we are actually seeing. You know, the saving grace, I think, for even people who are not that high on the movie are Kate Winslet and Saoirse Ronan. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are people who don't like anything about this movie because the chemistry and the relationship between those two don't work for them. For me, even though the relationship may not have been ideal and I didn't really buy it when it was at its peak, the performances that each of them are giving individually I thought were... Very contrast uh, contrasted to work that they have done uh, before. And I, I like that a lot, that we saw a performance from Kate Winslet that quite honestly, I can't recall comparing it to anything else that she's done before. And same for Saoirse Ronan in a lot of ways. And I think that the age difference between them and why you would cast someone like, say Saoirse Ronan in this uh, role really really comes to a head in the final act of this movie in a way that just absolutely gutted me and really broke my heart. And I think that part, like that final couple of uh, minutes of the movie uh, where their relationship spoiler kind of crumbles. I-, I think that's like the-, the peak of the movie right there. And I think a lot of it rests on the work that uh, Kate and Sersha have done up until that point.
1: Honestly, I needed that energy about a half hour sooner. (laughs) Like, that that energy happens in the film, I think I'd be giving a totally different review of it. And I I agree with you, Matt, though. I think that part of the power of this film is that the work that they're doing is, A, spectacular, but, B, completely unlike anything else that you can sort of draw reference to. I mean, I don't think we've ever seen Saoirse Ronan like this. And Kate Winslet is... I don't want to say she's unrecognizable, but, like... To look at some of her other work and then look at this, it's like, I can see where someone who didn't know it was Kate Winslet maybe wouldn't clock that it was. You know,
0: it it does kind of remind me now that I'm thinking about it, and maybe I'll backpedal on that comment just a little bit, and I'll say it did remind me a little bit of her work in The Reader. I, I.
2: okay I can
0: see yeah that. like like now that I'm thinking about it I'm like uh okay but just like in the same way how Sersha's performance like I said in like the final couple of minutes in the movie it's like that's the Saoirse Ronan that we know and that's why you cast Saoirse Ronan uh everything else preceding that is definitely her playing against type and it's something different and I was very very interested in seeing her explore that Kate Winslet it's like she's Exploring familiar territory, I feel like it, with the reader who who was another standoffish, caged uh, character in many ways, who you know was not really um, showing her emotions uh, to another character all that much, and opens up gradually as the movie uh, progresses. Uh, but at the same time, I thought that the work that she was doing was one that I just had such 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 a interest in. I was really really fascinated uh, to understand why she was the way that she was and what had gotten her up to this point in her life. And, you know, when we do get that reveal and we understand the shared bond that these two characters are share with one another, once again, it, it all works, I think, because of their performances, not so much because of the writing or even the direction, but I think it's really just because of them.
1: Yeah. I think the I- physicality of... Kate Winslet here is very different than what we've normally seen. Like the God. bit, I love the parts yes. where she's like climbing around on the beach getting muddy. I was yeah. like, mm-hmm. this is and, weird and, to me. Uh, like peeing, peeing on her rocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So unlike anything that we typically see from her, I think especially her in a period film, and I also think it's quite unlike what we normally see of women in period film. Yeah. Uh it's a much rougher, and one of the things that I actually like best about the movie is how unglamorous it is and how honest it is about the coarseness of life in this period. Um, you know, like they're they're peeing on rocks, they're trying to carry coal, not very well, but <laughs> I, I think that the physicality of it for both Kate. And Saoirse is super fascinating.
2: Yeah, I, I love. I, I especially love Kate Winslet in this movie. I just like how she is a. She is someone who, generally speaking, on film has this sort of inner fire that you can't look away from, and the the work she does here in like tamping that down to almost nothing. I think is really, really impressive. and And, like you were saying, Nicole, just the physicality of of both of them throughout is outstanding work, really. I mean, the scene where and I have to assume that this is one hundred percent based on historical fact. um the scene where they basically dump sertia in the ocean. <laughs>
1: Oh (laughs) Oh my god. I'm obsessed with sea bathing of this period. Like, that's a weird thing to be obsessed with, but I am. And that is basically how it, like, it would do. Sometimes she would tie a rope around a woman and then, like, tie it to the thing and she'd go out that she presumably couldn't just float all the way away. Um, But I think sea bathing in this period is one of the most interesting things in all of history because, like, what on earth were they doing? (laughs) Um, Seriously. <laughs> like no wonder she got the
3: flu after, right?
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I really love that after part where she has the flu, like, yeah. as because Mary's just like, she doesn't say this, but she's like, "Do I look like a nurse? Like, why do I have to take care of this person?" <laughs> but
1: I do. Then love, the I also love blossoms,
3: the and yeah. I really like how Mary looks like Kate's sort of eyes change does that make sense and she looks at uh, Charlotte differently and yeah. really the only I mean I'm probably in the minority but like the only part of this movie that reminded me of Portrait was when she was sketching Charlotte when she was sleeping <laughs> and then I was yeah. like let's add this to the canon of like gaze
1: sketching by the scene <laughs> I agree with you um, Sarah I actually am not sure I completely understand the comparisons to Portrait Um, obviously I get it. Like it's, it's period lesbians by the sea, but that also describes, you know, Summerland too. So, um, I feel like it's a very different film than Portrait. It's got two very different characters. So to me, the comparisons seem a little, I don't want to say forced, but it was not something that was in my head while I was watching it. Honestly, I was actually thinking more about, um, what is the film that came out earlier this year? The World to Come, the Vanessa Kirby pioneer period yeah, drama film. Mm-hmm. Um, because that has a much more similar style and aesthetic and story about, you know, um, slightly older women who are already in relationships, bonding, and uh, I don't know. I, I Like, I guess I get why people make the comparison, but to me it feels a little bit unfair because they're films that are setting out to do two very different things. Oh,
0: it's totally unfair. Like I said, if Portrait's release was not as close to this one, you know, maybe even just a few years apart, I I don't think that the internet and, uh, you know, myself included, would be making these comparisons, but it almost just feels inevitable because it's just so... Prevalent in our minds, not to mention Portrait has had like this long release schedule in terms of when audiences first saw it, when it got a theatrical release, a Criterion Blu-ray release, like it it is just not left our consciousness. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I understand where it's coming from. And if you're able to fight against it, good for you. But I don't blame anyone who just has it locked in there and can't escape from it.
1: I honestly think that in like 10 years, people won't be comparing it any more to portrait than they are to something like Carol um, in terms of, you know, they'll just be looking at it as a lesbian Romance period film. Oh no, and not I agree with you. Specifically yeah, specifically obsessed with this comparison between the two of them, mm-hmm. which I think is good. I mean, I, that's also me assuming that people will still want to see this in ten years. Um, but for anyone who you know is trying to watch all of Kate Winslet or Saoirse Ronan's filmography or something, yeah. Um, I think that it, as we get further away and people stop associating the two just because of the close release schedules, uh, I do think that comparison will go away over time.
0: Oh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. One other thing, too, that I want to mention, because, I mean, you know, got to mention it, is that in a lot of um, movies that we've seen recently, mostly in foreign films, uh, a lot of the sex scenes are much more graphic, I think, nowadays than they ever were previously before. And, you know, we just recently watched uh, The Handmaiden, uh, for example, for our 2016 retrospective. And when I watch Ammonite, I think the thing that, like, jumps out to me the most about its sex scenes is that These are not international uh, actors. These are not unknown actors. These are major stars who we all know and recognize. And I think that that has been a uh, talking point uh, in terms of you know, people kind of labeling them as being quote-unquote brave for these kinds of scenes when I I honestly, like, I hate it when people get slapped with that label. We all know that Kate Winslet herself went through that when she had her Oscar run for The Reader. Oh, she's nude in these scenes. She's so brave. And it's like, come off it now. She's an actress. Kate
2: Winslet has been nude on screen for her entire career. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, let's let's remember, like, most people knew her first from, uh, you know, from Titanic era, where she was very famously sketched nude. So, oh,
0: there is a reoccurring theme here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I I do I understand it maybe a little bit more for Sarah. Can someone correct me? Has she ever done this graphic a sex scene before?
0: No, no. definitely no. I
1: mean, this is very new in her work. So, I do think that that is an interesting thing. Is that the first time that she does an actual, you know? And I I I don't know. I hate calling it graphic because that makes it sound like it's something bad. Like it's
0: just no, it's not
1: explicit. It's explicit. Sure. Um, I think it's interesting that the first time she does that is a scene like this. Um, that's something that some, you know she hasn't ever, uh, done something to this level. Um, in another film, I think there's some scenes in like Mary Queen of Scots, but even they're not this extended. Um, but again, I I do think the whole like oh they're so brave. Like yeah okay if you want to say. Sarah Sherman's brave for finally taking this kind of step in her career in terms of explicit sex scenes, sure. But I do, it it does annoy me. It's like, oh, they're so brave to do a lesbian sex scene. Like, okay. We need to oh, do away with that talk.
0: Yeah, Seriously. Like,
2: really
1: Sex is sex, y'all.
2: Yeah. Bingo. America needs to be not so puritanical. Right. But like, I the the sex scenes, they're I'm glad you're on the podcast, Sarah, <laughs> because I feel sort of unqualified to talk about them. Um, I, I can say that performance-wise, I I did feel the passion coming from the two actresses in those scenes. The, but there were like, there were moments of them that almost felt like blue is the warmest color level and. Oh. I like, I, I, it didn't, it didn't get to that point, but I, I was like, I guess I was like basically maybe like afraid that it was going to get there.
3: <laughs> yeah. I think it's definitely like, um, you know, something we're not used to seeing. Like, I can, I kind of get the blue is the warmest color comparison because it's like the most. We keep saying the word graphic, but yeah. it's. I don't, we don't can't really find another word, but you know what I mean? I, and that's it's why most, I said explicit, it's the most <laughs> real that does not feel like blue is the warmest color, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: No, I get it, absolutely. I mean, my, my big thing is I just want people to stop uh sensationalizing it and just realize that you know, to your point, Sarah, sex is mm-hmm. sex, and mm-hmm. when it works in a movie. It's something that I think we should all be comfortable with because it is a part of everyday life. Well, for some people. So (laughs) it's one of those things that, you know, we should just be comfortable talking about, seeing on screen, and realizing that it is an expression of affection, of, of emotion. And that's what actors do. Actors convey emotion. So... I, I I had absolutely no problem with them in this movie. They were by no means the standout main talking point of the movie as, like, I think some people tried to make it when the film, like, first premiered. I really think that at the end of the day, the main talking point overall is these two performances elevate this movie as a whole. And without them, I think the movie would have just been, a you know, a greater disappointment than it already is. Yeah.
1: I will say... I would not watch this film with someone I was not comfortable watching sex scenes with. Like,
2: very intimate, and they're
1: fairly long. It's not the kind of thing where you can just kind of like, all right, I'll just avoid eye contact for ten seconds, you know. Yeah,
2: I, I think that was maybe the thing that made me think of Louis Orma's color. Like the the sex scenes went on, like they were extended. I don't think
0: I I definitely don't think they approach the length of blue is the warmest color by any means. Well, not that
2: long, but I'm saying that like most sex scenes in movies that we see do not last for as long as these did.
0: Well, (laughs) also, isn't it like a series of scenes? It's not just one scene. So I think that's also a part of it as well. It's like a section of the movie, basically. It's not going on for 20 minutes straight, but it's, you know, a couple of scenes like broken up here and there. Um I mean, you know, Dan, I watched this with you and, you know. Yeah, we're both fine. We're seasoned (laughs) movie watchers, exactly. And, like, we were fine during it. So, I mean.
1: Oh, I just mean, like, you might not want to watch it with your parents. Oh, oh. If you're not comfortable. yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. I think
3: it's, yeah, and it's also, like, really impressive that they choreographed these scenes and it wasn't, like, born out of some, like, male-type fantasy shit, you know what I mean? And, like, everyone on set that day was, like, women and stuff. I really love that. I think they did a
1: really good job.
0: Francis Lee let them, like, self-direct themselves, basically?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that.
1: It's very interesting. And there is there is a part of me that's like, why didn't they just have, like, an intimacy director? But Budget. I do appreciate <laughs> that he didn't, you know, that he let them come up with that on their own, and also, like, you know, kudos to them for for taking, I guess, that initiative to to you know make it what it is.
0: That's a great lesson, right there, for all filmmakers, I think.
1: And also, like Kate saving it for Sasha's
3: Sasha's birthday to make it memorable, a memorable experience. As <laughs> we stand, <laughs> so of,
1: like, the fact that, you know, it is interesting to see, you know from the perspective of the fact that Kate Winslet, like you said, Dan was getting naked in movies very early on in her career at a much younger age than Saoirse is the fact that she, you know, really wanted to take, you know, some, some measures to make sure that it was a a memorable and a good experience. I think for Saoirse, I think maybe says a lot actually about the friendship between the two of them.
0: Yeah. And Kate's professionalism in general, I think.
1: Yes.
2: And I have to say like the, the first scene where they kiss, I was um, I am very much a gay man, but that was a moment. (laughs) Like, I am not interested in any way, but like, wow, that was hot. (laughs) I agree. All right. So
0: other elements of this movie, Nicole, you singled out the uh, costumes a little bit ago. Um, I heard mention of the cinematography here. I, you know, I, I kept telling Dan. Other than the sound work, I was waiting for something, right? I was waiting for some sort of a technical element of this movie to really jump out and wow me. Nicole, I get it. You like period costumes. I fully understand. But these costumes, to me, honestly, they're not special and like and, and like they didn't. They're not memorable for me personally. And I think that's just because I've seen other movies from this time period that have similar costumes, and it doesn't have an iconic dress or color scheme or anything that like really popped out at me to make me go yes best costume design nomination right there
1: right there are three things i really love here one is charlotte's morning outfit that she wears in the first like whole section of the film like Mm -hmm. the gloves the bonnet the material um i a lot of movies like gloss over the fact that uh at that period, mourning was a very serious thing. Um, And women in particular would have to wear black for a long time, and there were only certain materials. You know, if you were of a certain social class that you would wear, and it recreates that, I think, very nicely the bonnets in general, I am obsessed with the bonnets in this film. We do not get to see enough of this type of bonnet on film. If you ask me, I'm obsessed (laughs) because too often films do the thing where they let women wear their hair down, which was not a thing in the time period. Right. I also really love the hairstyling this. I love the style with the ringlets on Sarah. It's so Mm -hmm. unlike anything she's ever done. And I love that you watch her get more disheveled throughout the day. Like every morning she starts with those curls really ringlety. And by the end of the day, they're like drooping. And I love that. That. I also really love that I think it's a bit rare that we get to see this sort of contrast in costumes between Sersha's very nice, very, you know, upper middle class, lower upper class dresses and Kate's much more practical. Like she's in, I think, maybe three outfits the entire film um, and mostly one or two. And I like that we get this contrast of fabrics between the two of them, of patterns of the style of dress. We get to see, uh, you know, she tucks her dress up into her, like, bloomers at one point to go climbing. I just (laughs) really enjoyed some of that that I do think is a little bit different than what we typically see, particularly uh, on a woman of a woman of Kate Winslet's age, not that I'm saying that she's old, but I think if we typically see that more of that style, it's on a younger woman or a girl in a period film. Um, so I really enjoyed getting that sort of class commentary through their costuming.
2: Yeah, I, I I agree with Matt that like there's not they're not such standout costumes, but I think the work on them is so solid and does a lot of they do a lot of storytelling through the costumes. I'm not going to argue which against that. I think it is, is great. Um, I can, I say that the, um, the one scene that I thought was, I mean, maybe the best in the film, but the one that definitely stood out to me on a craft level is the scene at Fiona Shaw's place. Oh yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: Um, where like sort of everything is bright and sunny and she is so lovely um so open and um i i really loved everything that the design work was doing in that scene and in terms of like highlighting the relationship between those two characters between Kate Winslet's character and Fiona Shaw's character and like also like you want to make any movie just a bit better cast Fiona Shaw <laughs> <laughs> like
1: that, just
2: like <laughs> general rule <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Mad
2: Magazine. Advertising mascots. B-movie posters. And cartoons.
3: I would have really loved if they had explored their relationship more because you kind yes. of get the hint that they were, yeah, like, like, together at yes. that point. But, like, they don't yeah. very explicitly say it. And I'm like, so were they, like, fucking or not? Like, I
0: agree <laughs> that that was definitely a missed <laughs> opportunity, I think, in the screenplay for sure because I got that vibe too. And I was very surprised that, that the film did not go there. I was – actually kind of livid about it because I wanted more of a showcase for Fiona Shaw in that regard. Um, But you know who's actually the unsung uh, cast member of this movie who I actually thought was uh, great for the screen time that she had was actually Gemma Jones Uh. as uh, Mary's mother. Yes. I thought she was great in this.
1: Another woman, if you want to elevate your period drama, throw Jimma Jones into it. <laughs> she is so good. And I think she also, like, one of the things about the film that is the most interesting to me is the fact that Mary and her mother are kind of clinging to the edge of poverty and trying not to slip under. And it's Jimma Jones's work that I think does a lot of that heavy lifting there to show us just how much desperation there is there. Um and I think I think it's fascinating that, like, the relationship between Mary and Charlotte starts out very transactionally. Um, and I think that Jemma Jones does a lot of that work. And she just, I, I don't think I've ever not appreciated her in a film, but she really is the unsung hero here.
0: All right. Final thoughts on Ammonite. Sarah, we'll start off with you. Anything that we did not mention that you want to bring up or reiterate?
3: Um, I don't think so. I feel like we touched on everything.
0: Okay. All right, awesome, Nicole.
1: Um, I would just like to say that this this film really does fit the uh, genre that I like best, and that someone coughs into a handkerchief and there is blood. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is my genre. Wait, 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 wait. I gotta you, ask. You, I
0: gotta ask. Does Parasite fall into that category then for you? <laughs>
1: Uh, I don't know Um, I will say it is not my preferred Kate Winslet film in which someone coughs into a Handkerchief and there is blood Uh, (laughs) uh, I also Just this is going to sound so shady and I Don't mean it but like if you want to watch A good Period drama from 2020 that features some lesbian Romance and is a little bit More subversive watch Summerland watch Summerland It comes on DVD and Blu-ray this month Oh
0: oh and I, and I'm gonna just uh, I'm gonna throw a little bit more fire onto that shade really quick uh, because you mentioned it <laughs> earlier, Nicole. M- my preference is actually the world to come. Also I actually fantastic. think of of the three That's my favorite, probably.
3: When I will is say, that coming out?
0: Yes. When is it for coming?
3: us peasants? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm really sorry. I do not know. Um, I know that it's being released. I believe by uh, Bleecker Street.
2: Mm-hmm. That makes sense.
1: I, I will say, I think that both Summerland and The World to Come escape some of the cliches of lesbians and period dramas that Ammonite doesn't manage to.
0: I got I got it here. February 12,
1: 2021. Ooh. So get ready, guys. February 12. Valentine's
3: you can see, Day dates, y'all. I know.
1: You can see <laughs> Vanessa Kirby as a period lesbian. Like, let's appreciate that. I can't just...
2: this is the same group that did the summerland podcast right like the exact same group
1: we're just missing lauren i think oh right lauren was on that yeah i
0: i know (laughs) that she is screaming internally that she's not here right now
1: (laughs) (laughs) but you heard it from us (laughs) watch summerland
2: (laughs) and i know lauren would agree with us on that all right
0: uh any other final thoughts nicole
1: Honestly, I think that's about it. I feel like we we really did a good job of uh, talking about everything in this movie because unfortunately, it's not as deep as I wanted it to be.
2: All right, Dan Bear. Um I I just have to say the um I get I kind of spoiler but also kind of not because of the kind of movie this is, like the their breakup scene um in in London. I literally the whole time I was, I was, I think, like watching it from behind splayed fingers because I knew exactly what Saoirse Ronan was going to do and I did not want her to do it. Yep. Because <laughs> it was a terrible, terrible idea, but also exactly what this character would do. Yep.
0: And like I said, it's the reason why you cast Sir Ronan is for that scene and she pulls it off yeah. so freaking well it's like it's so that like i mentioned before that was the scene for me i did i vividly remember watching that and going and going
2: oh no god no i think we both did at the same time it's like no honey no don't do it no
0: and then i also remember too uh the final 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 scene of the movie i remember i remember before cut to black i was like this is the end of the movie God damn it, this is the end of the movie. And I was upset because I I, wanted there to be more of an exclamation point and not the typical unspoken, forbidden truth like aspect to their relationship. And I was like, oh, we've seen this before. No, (laughs) you know, I needed
2: needed one more scene. Yes. One more scene either after that scene or before that scene, but it needed one more scene with the two of them at some point in order for this to like really sort of elevate itself to the next level. And it just, at at every turn this movie sort of refused to elevate itself to the next level. And it was very, very frustrating, especially the second time through because I spent the whole movie watching, like, I feel like I missed something. I know I missed something. And then the movie kept saying, No, you didn't miss anything. You got it right. Yeah.
3: The ending felt very like Carol to me, but not, um, but without the same kind of like, didn't have any catharsis. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, My grade is a six out of 10. I want to be higher on it. I really do. Uh, I don't think it deserves to be, I don't think it deserves like some of the bashing that it did receive in a lot of ways, but at the same time, I, I understand the criticism. It, to me, it's like the very definition of a middle of the road movie that I watched it. It was fine. It was, it was perfectly acceptable, but it just w- didn't do anything to make it stand out as something better than honestly it just should have been so dan what about you
2: to me this movie is the very definition of a seven it is good it's well made but it has issues and never really elevates itself to that kind of great moment all right sarah what about you
3: Um, I gave it an eight in my review, but it's like a
1: very, very high seven.
0: (laughs) Okay. I understand that. Nicole?
1: Yeah. Because of the performances and the sound work and the costumes, I do like it enough. Even though I do think it's very much missing greatness, I also gave it a seven.
0: All righty. So, Ammonite, in terms of its awards potential, man, I, you know, it's interesting. Other than maybe, like, what, Hillbilly Elegy, I have not seen people, like, jump off the ship for an Oscar contender this year as quickly as they have <laughs> with Ammonite. I know that, you know, obviously prior to its uh, debut at TIFF, we had this pegged for Best Picture. We had it pegged for Screenplay. We were going for, you know, Cinematography, Score, Winslet, sertia Director. Yes, and here we are now, and I think on its best day,
2: costumes in Sersha? Well, on its best day, Winslet also breaks through. I I don't um, I don't know. I think that, that is, I, yeah, I, I, I don't
3: think, think that, she'll get in. I think it's
2: a long shot. It's a but mm-hmm. on its very best day, if people really turn out for it, then I think Winslet would also come through. But I don't think that's happening. I think ultimately it's either Sersha or bust. Sorry.
1: Yeah, I can see Sersha maybe costumes. I think it'll probably make the long list for costumes and maybe even makeup and hairstyling um sound would be amazing sound would be can't. amazing yeah. but there's only sound
0: one category amazing. now going to happen <laughs> if there was two categories i would like i would be trying to make a push for it in sound mixing i really would cuz i do think that this movie has better sound mixing than it has any right to but Seriously. at the same time with just one category five nominees it's 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 impossible it's it's just not going to happen
1: and especially i think I think it has the kind of sound work that were it still a contender in Best Picture, uh, Best Director, Screenplay, maybe then it could slide into sound, but I don't think the passion for the film is there to carry it into that category.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's funny because when the season began, it felt like it was so open to so many different possibilities because we naturally, you know, looked at everything and said to ourselves, oh, all these other movies are moving to 2021. What I find very interesting about this phase of where we are right now is that there are races that are more hotly contested and competitive than we probably gave them credit for. So much so that I don't have Saoirse in my top five anymore, and she's falling uh, potentially out of my 10 even, you know, it's, it's... It's really rough, and I feel bad for Neon because they just came off of a historic Best Picture win for Parasite last year. This is really their only major across-the-board contender, but they have, unless if something else just comes out of nowhere within the next two months, which I don't foresee happening. So I think they're going to have to sit this year out. Sundance, baby. You never know. You never know. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: I I do have Saoirse sitting in my top five right now still. I think... I do too. I think they like her.
0: Oh, I agree with that, yeah.
1: She's getting to the age where they're starting to feel like they need to push her towards a win one of these years. Um, I think having her there in contrast to Kate Winslet, who I think uh, Saoirse could end up with a very similar Oscar trajectory to, uh, may help that, honestly. I have Kate Winslet kind of on the edges of getting in. I think it could happen um, because I think people are going to watch this movie. Um, <laughs> like, like that sounds bad, but I think that, that you know, with, with a year like this especially could make a difference for some of these races. Is like, okay, but what did they watch?
0: I think if this movie had better reviews, I would agree with you, Nicole, but it's sitting, I think, at like a 69 right now on Rotten Tomatoes. And fitting, yeah, <laughs> dear, dear God,
1: had to see it. We did it,
0: <laughs> but seriously, though, I, 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 I don't know anymore. I really don't know if this is going to be one that, that voters are going to pop in Uh, the the campaign has to be super strong i feel like in order to make that happen at this point
1: i think that it could be one like and i hate to make this comparison and i haven't seen this film yet but like hillbilly elegy in which despite bad reviews the talent involved will get eyes on it uh whether that's, you know, deservingly or not, or whatever. But that's kind of my feeling with it, With in the same way that they're going to watch Hillbilly Elegy because it's Glenn Close and Amy Adams. Maybe mm-hmm. they're going to watch Ammonite because it's Sarah Ronan and Kate Winslet. That's
0: fair. I get that. Speaking of uh, that, I maybe I should have asked this earlier, but maybe just as a final uh, end note to this podcast review here, which of the two do you prefer in this movie,
2: Dan? Oh, um... Uh oh, uh, Winslet, but just barely. What about you, Sarah?
3: Yeah, I was gonna
1: say Winslet, but also just barely.
0: <laughs> Nicole?
1: I hate to say this because I sound like a cliche of myself, but let it be known Kate Winslet was my first ever favorite actress. Uh, but I prefer Sersha.
0: I, I too prefer Sa- Sersha, uh, but I think that's mostly because the first split
1: down the middle yeah
0: right the first part of this movie like once again i just feel like i've never seen her give a performance like this before and then as i mentioned you know when we get to that um those final couple of minutes there it's like okay that's why you cast saoirse ronan in this role and it's perfect for that gut punch uh, of an ending there
1: i think it, it really proves her versatility yeah. as an actress
0: oh totally absolutely All right. Well, that'll do it here for our review of Ammonite here on the Next Best Picture Podcast. Sarah, tell them where they can find you on the internet.
3: You can find me on Twitter at Mildred Nicole Ackman. You can find
1: me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at NicoleAckman16.
0: Dan Bear. You can find
2: me on Twitter at dance and dan on film.
0: And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Ammonite here on the Next Best Picture Podcast, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. You can subscribe to us anywhere where podcasts are subscribed to. And if you're feeling generous, head on over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, rate us five stars. We really appreciate your feedback and your support. Which you can lend on over at Patreon for $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time. Spanish and it's Verlaine, and we are Game Fix. Hey, where are you gonna get the latest video game news and reviews? Anywhere on the internet. No, no, no. Where, where are you gonna get unfiltered opinions, brutal truths? and pretty much things nobody has the balls to say. Ah, then my friend, you're talking about us, the Game Fix Podcast. Damn right I am. If you want to join us for our takes on gaming news, honest gaming reviews, and celebrity interviews... Oh, we're doing this right? thing? Well, then get on your shoes. We'll eliminate your blues. Hey, you might end up with some really heavy clues. No, no, no. Find our podcast on iTunes or our website at GameFixShow.com. Hey, maybe video games aren't your thing. I was a loser once, too. We talk movies comics toys to convince you that everything that we just said is true here's duke nukem cheers love the calvary's here no 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 the other
1: line man take it from me duke nukem either listen to the game fix podcast or go yourself i don't really care Whoa.
0: whoa